0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Isaiah chapter 30, and now the audience has shifted. The topic has shifted, rather. Isaiah is going to now talk about the, the impending downfall of Assyria. So let's look to the text. Look the name of the Lord is coming from far away. His anger burning and heavy with smoke. His lips are full of fury and his tongue is like a consuming fire. His breath is like an overflowing torrent that rises to the neck. He comes to sift the nations in a sieve of destruction and to put a bridle on the jaws of the peoples to lead them astray. So this is uh, this is targeting Assyria. That won't be revealed until verse 31 of the text, but this is the opening word about God's wrath, and it uses really powerful imagery. It it, it uses bodily imagery to describe God and his wrath and his discipline, that his tongue is like a consuming fire. We've seen God referred to as a consuming fire numerous times in prophetic texts and multiple times already within the book of Isaiah. This reminds me of Jesus in Revelation 19. We're going to see that in this weekend's sermon text who has coming out of his mouth, this sword, that's the word of God, with which to strike down the nations. And here in Isaiah, it's referred to and is likened to a consuming fire. So this is bad news for Assyria. It uses imagery about the wrath of God, like uh, his breath is like an overflowing uh, torrent that rises to the neck. And so it's like God is going to just spew out fire. His anger is burning and it's heavy. And the Assyrians do not see it coming. The bad guys never see it coming. They think that they're the good guys and they think that they've gotten away with it. All right. Be aware that you are not the bad guy then. So now he's going to now he's gonna now he's gonna shift in verse 29. Your singing will be like that on the night of a holy festival, and your heart will rejoice like the one who walks to the music of a flute, going up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. So there's this promise of a coming celebration among God's own people. Uh, this is this is a funny imagery to us, all right. If there's flute music playing it's probably not a violent rally, (laughs) right? If there's flute music playing and you're walking to it, uh, then you're probably happy, I guess, right? I don't listen to a lot of flute music, but in the original intent, they didn't use the flutes to get super pumped for a fight. (laughs) This is more like uh, Ron Burgundy's Yaz flute, if you will. All right, and the Lord will make the splendor of his voice heard and reveal his arm striking in angry wrath and a flame of consuming fire in driving rain, a torrent, and hailstones. So this is the splendor of the voice of the Lord that is going to be heard. The Assyrians have not been listening, but God has been speaking to them. They're going to hear at this point. Look at the look at also the the seemingly conflicting imageries as well. Uh, this is this is reminiscent of the, the the plagues over Egypt, right? You see this combination of fire and hail in the imagery sometimes, and that's one of these right here. This flame is consuming fire. There's also rain and uh, also hailstones, so fire and ice, like all the elements combine in this particular outpouring. And here in verse 31, the recipient of all of this wrath and anger, this fire anger seemingly breathed out from the throat and the mouth, across the lips of God, uh, down upon uh, its target is revealed in verse 31, Assyria will be shattered by the voice of the Lord. He will strike with a rod and every stroke of the appointed staff that the Lord brings down on him will be to the sound of tambourines and lyres. He will fight against them with brandished weapons. So as the people of God are rejoicing, you got flute, you got tambourine, you got lyre, think like a plucked string instrument. Uh, man, uh, while the people of God are celebrating with the flute and going to the going to the rock of the Lord, going to the mountain, uh, going to Zion, the mountain of the Lord in Jerusalem to worship Him, they've got the tambourines going, they've got lyres playing. Right, they're they're celebrating while while the people of God are worshiping Him and thanking Him. God is pouring out, uh, is raining out fire from heaven in His righteous anger against the Assyrians. Verse 33, Indeed, Topheth has been ready for the king for a long time. Its funeral pyre is deep and wide with plenty of fire and wood. The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of burning sulfur, kindles it. Man, this is scary stuff. This place, Topheth, in the Greek, it's called Gehenna. It was found in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and it was just southwest of Jerusalem. It was uh, At one point, it was a place where the worship of Molech took place, and God, in his word, outlawed this practice numerous times. To worship Molech was to sacrifice your children in fire. There's some parallels here as well. They thought that killing their children would make the weather better. A recent case for abortion is that it reduces humanity, thereby reducing our carbon emissions, therefore it makes the weather better. So even though we don't do it in the name of Molech, we effectively do the same thing as a secular culture today sacrificing our children to change the weather do you see this in Leviticus 1821 Deuteronomy 12 31 18 10 Isaiah 57 verses 5 and 9 we're going to see that in Jeremiah 195 and 3235 Ezekiel 16 20- 20 21 chapter 20 verses 25 through 26 of Ezekiel and also uh, Ezekiel 23 37 and 39 multiple times God outlawed the worship of Molech, stop killing your kids josiah one of the kings outlawed this practice and he turned the valley of the son of hinnom into a dumpster and it was lit on fire. And this was this is where Topheth is. It's not, we don't exactly know where the word Topheth comes from. But we do know that it describes this place. This is where we get the imagery for hell itself. Modern day abortion is the latest iteration of why God describes hell as with fire. He's saying to them, I'm going to do to you exactly what you did to your kids. And that's perfectly fair. Is that fair? right? Is it fair for God to do to you what you do to your kids? If you're good to your kids, wouldn't that be nice? But what if you set your kids on fire? Then is it perfectly just and fair of God to do exactly that to you? That's where hell comes from. So this is speaking about the king of Assyria, Okay, look, King Josiah converted this place for the worship of Molech into a raging dumpster fire, and it's now your funeral pyre. It is deep, it is wide, it is is, uh, set ablaze by the very breath of God that burns with righteous anger. Come on in, king of Assyria, the flames are just fine. That's kind of how the text closes out. Look at that. Indeed, Topheth has been ready for the king for a long time. Okay, it's ready for the king of Assyria. Its funeral pyre is deep and wide with plenty of fire and wood. The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of burning sulfur, kindles it. Okay, this hellfire is is fueled by the righteous breath of God, we saw earlier in the text, is a consuming fire. Uh, Follow my, you know, follow my my, uh, literary, you know, inference here. If it's a fire that consumes thing, that means that it's a fire that, are you ready for this? Consumes things. And in this case, what's being consumed is the body of the king of Assyria. God is angry, and rightly so. Assyria didn't see it coming. His people are protected. They're playing, you know, they're playing Yaz flute music with lyre backup and a sweet tambourine beat. And then meanwhile, he's breathing down fire upon them and he is kindling the funeral pyre for the king of Assyria. So Assyria, you're in for it. All right. Never be overwhelmed by the bad guy, even while he looks mighty, because God has the ultimate sense of justice. When we talk about justice, we talk about eternal justice. In the show Succession, I was really impressed to see mortality acknowledged, All right, like the creator said, it really is kind of a show about mortality. And even those who are incredibly far from God, even like the raging liberals at HBO have to acknowledge this, that everybody thinks about this, what happens after you die. Hell is not some sort of evangelistic persuasion tool to terrify you into confessing Jesus as Lord, saying whatever it takes to just not go to hell. It is the righteous anger of God upon sin And it is a no brainer as far as we're concerned, but that's only when we fully grasp the depth of our sin that rightly entitles us to that. So don't be afraid of the big bad wolf. Don't be afraid of the bad guy. Be afraid of the consequences of your own sin and repent. Confess Jesus as Lord today. Let Assyria look big and bad. They're going to face the full justice of God. Okay, Xi Jinping. Okay, Kim Jong Un. Okay, Vladimir Putin. Okay, do 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 you hear this text? Every evil nation in the past has fallen before the justice of God. Watch out, America, that we don't fall the same way. We all must ultimately answer to this justice of God. Be grateful if you're in Christ. That what awaits you is a place where you are forever forgiven and atoned for in your sins, where you are glorified in your atonement by Christ. You have every tear wiped from your eyes. The old order of things passes away and the dwelling of God is with men. That sounds pretty sweet, doesn't it?